February 28th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin. Let's go back to the very bottom of Dafnun Dalet Damud Bet, the last line, the last line, two, four, five, line, five words onto the line. If you call the Gemara, recorded two opinions, the opinions of Rav and Shemuel, and the circumstance and situation was, in Mishkeve Zachur, the question was, what's the halakha with regards to the youngest age, shall we call it, that the nishkav, that the person who's having relation, who's passive recipient in this circumstance, is uh, well, his age, what's the lowest it can be. And the opinion of Rav was that it's nine years, as opposed to Shemuel, who said even three years. And the Gemara said, and we finished with this, but we really hurried through it, so it's important that we just go back and clarify. It says, Gemara, Tanya Kavate de Rav. A beraita, Tanya Kavate, according to that opinion of Rav. Well, the Gemara is going to bring a beraita, which directly accords with the opinion of Rav, which again stipulated that the minimum age be nine years old. Zachar says the beraita, Bentesha Shanim Viom Echad. So the, the way you read this beraita is that's number one. The first halacha is that if it's going to be mishkeve zachur, if it's going to be relations of homosexuality in such a circumstance, the minimum age is nine years and one day. Well, there it is. That's like Rav. The next halachot are irrelevant to Rav, but it's important to read it like that. That's what Rashi means at the top. Rashi says, Mile mile katanela. In other words, you could have read this as, Ben tesha shanim v'yom echad. If it's a nine-year-old, Haba'al ha'behema ben kedarka ben shelo kedarka. Explains Rashi, and clearly from the Gemara, the way you read it is, that's the first mile. Zachar ben tesha shanim v'yom echad. Stop for a second. That's the halakha. Next. Haba'al ha'behema. If a person has relations, lo alenu, with an uh, animal, bestiality, ben kedarka ben shelo kedarka. The halacha is whether it's kedarka in the regular fashion of uh, of relations, or if it's shelo uh, kedarka, if it's the other way. This is the third halacha. If a woman, as opposed to a male, is doing it with an animal, the halacha as well over there is ben kedarka, ben shelo kedarka, hayav. In each of these circumstances, there's a chiyuv. So that's the halacha. That's the issue that we dealt with in the past. You'd imagine things are getting peachier and perhaps more bright in the future. Not just yet. It says the Gemara, Darash Rav Nachman Barav Hasta Biisha Shene Mishkavot Ubabehema Mishkav Echad. First, uh, just the words, and then to understand them. It says that a woman, Shene Mishkavot. There'll be a liability. There'll be an isur. And either way, whether it's Kedarka or Shelo Kedarka, that means if it's frontal or behind, in both circumstances, there'll be a Hayuv. It's a woman with whom? So you'd imagine we're referring to a woman with a man, and we're dealing with wrongful relations with a man, whether it's kedarka or shelo kedarka. Explains Rashi, it can't be dealing with that. Uh, Rashi says the pasuk, which we were doresh already, explicitly told us, mishkeve isha. Pasuk explicitly told it to us in plural that a woman has an isur as a violation, whether it's kedarka or shelo kedarka. It can't be that Rav Nachman was coming to just repeat that pasuk. He says it's a reality throughout Talmud, and it's going to be disputed over here by Rav Papa. It can't be that he's disagreeing with an accepted norm in all of Talmud, that Rav Papa disagrees with it. As a result, says Rashi, I'll tell you how to understand these words. The words bi'ishash and emeshkavot is a reference to a woman who's committing bestiality. She, in that circumstance, not with a male, not wrongful relations with a male, but rather with a behemah, 
שאינן משכבות, whether it's כדרכה או שלא כדרכה, there'll be a violation, there'll be an איסור. ובבהמה, and now, although it seems to be referring as opposed to a woman, to, a me, me, to an animal, it's rather referring to a male who's with an animal. Bestial in such a circumstance, says Rav Nachman over there, it's משכב אחד. It appears as if the איסור would only be if it's כדרכה. So the distinction according to Rav Nachman goes as follows. As Rashi interprets it for us, if it's mishkeve behema with an isha, it's ben kedarka, ben shelo kedarka. If it's mishkeve behema with a with a give or with an ish, in such a circumstance, it's only mishkeve had, it's only kedarka. Now the Gemara, Rav Nachman, doesn't explain himself. He doesn't explain why he's distinguishing between these. Rashi says that the reason is, if you look two from the top, two lines from the top, says Rashi be isha shene mishkavot kedichtiva. Mishkeve says Rashi since the pasuk already in the context of isha says mishkeve in the plural so perhaps that's the reason for Rav Nachman distinguishing he's not giving a sevara he's not giving a logic as to why to distinguish but he's giving a statement he says the Torah in the context it happens to be in the context of homosexual homosexual relations but the Torah over there says mishkeve isha from which we derive that a woman in wrongful relations, for example, with a male, ben kedarka, ben shelo kedarka, Rav Nachman extends that, he says, even if it's wrongful relations with an animal, it's ben kedarka, ben shelo kedarka. When it comes to a male, wrongful relations with an animal, in such a circumstance, I don't have mishkeve, says Rav Nachman, and as a result, it would only be kedarka, says the Gemara, matkif la Rav Papa, Rav Papa is attacking, disagreeing with Rav Nachman, Adraba. he says, perhaps I could argue Adraba means the opposite perhaps is true. The opposite is true. Isha deorhahi amishkav mehayev amidam aharina la mehayev. Isha, a woman, will have to define and understand these words. Deorhahi, like orah haim in Shohanaruch. Orah means the way. Derech. Deorhahi, it's her way. Well, what's her way? Well, biakidarka is her way. As a result, amishkav mehayev. In a circumstance where it's biakidarka, the regular frontal relations, that's where there'll be a hayuv. Amidam, a in Aramaic, there's an aleph before the word, it's al, on. Midam, midam means a thing. Amidam aharina, on another thing, another way. Lamehayev. So, so far his claim, that of Rav Papa, is that quite the opposite is so. By a woman, I could argue that it has to be kidarka. What's my logic? Well, a woman, regular relations are kidarka. Yeah, and a man, a behema, bebehema, de orhahi. When it comes to an animal where it's not the way, it's not a regular relations for a male and an animal, lehayev ala al kol nekev venekev. If the Torah is telling you that it's prohibited, perhaps the Torah is telling you in all circumstances, whether it's kidarka or shelo kidarka. Now, logic is not all that easy over here of Rav Papa. Again, Rav Papa counters. And instead of countering the Gezerat HaKatuv, a pasuk which Rav Nachman is implicitly referring to, he gives a logic. He says, when it comes to a woman, Kiddarka is Orha. That's the regular way of relations. As a result, that's the only circumstance where she'll be violating. When it comes to a man with an animal over there, that's not regular. And as a result, it's Ben Kiddarka, Ben Shilo Kiddarka. Uh, what's that implying? Is that implying that relations for a female is kidarka when it's with an animal? 
That was the whole reason you said by behema, which is a reference, as we're understanding, to a man with the animal, is shelokedarka vekedarka, is because it's not orha, it's not the way. It's not the way for anyone to have relations with an animal. Rashi adds in, perhaps in order to explain this matter, he explains just a few words. It's about 12 lines from the top in Rashi. All you need is those three first words on the line. It says, de'en hana'ata merubah. Rashi, who's probably bothered by this issue, says that the distinction goes as follows. He says, when I'm focused on the woman, so I'm going to understand the woman as kidarka, the regular relations uh, um, uh, motion, that's, that is That means that she's going to have pleasure. If it's the other way, when it comes to an animal in contrast with a male, for example, there's no hana'a either way, or alternatively, it's the same hana'a both ways, which means to say, the argument, according to Rashi of Rav Papa, is to distinguish based on how do I determine if this is kedarka? It's not kedarka ever having relations with an animal. Which way is going to have hana'a for a woman? It's only going to be kedarka. That's why we're going to describe that as orha. When all the dust settles, however, we have a mahloket here between Rav Nachman and Rav Papa. Hard to fully understand exactly what lies at the at the at the root of this as mahloket. But when it comes down to it, Rav Nachman argues that by a female with an animal. When it's a male with an animal, it's only kedarka. Rav, Rav Papa flips it, says the Gemara, Tanya, and then you could read those words, even though Maharshal takes them out. Delo kitarvayu, we have the Beraita, explicitly neither like Rav Nachman nor like Rav Papa, and the Beraita says, Zachar. First and foremost, this is the Beraita we started the class with today. It comes up again over here. First and foremost, uh, homosexual relations is at the age of nine, like Rav. Then, ben kedarka, ben that's a male having relations with an animal. Ben kedarka, ben Furthermore, what's the halakha in all these circumstances? Hayav. Which means that ultimately speaking, we don't distinguish between male and female, bestiality, both circumstances, terrible as they may be. Ben kedarka, ben kedarka, there's a hayuv, that is the halakha. Now, why are we discussing this in the Gemara? Why are we, yes, Rabbi? Yeah, so Rav Papa, whereas Rav Nachman argued the male in a specific way, Shilokidaka would not be violated. Would not have, everybody's Hayav, irrespective of how you do it. Why are we so obsessed with this? Once upon a time, this is the ways of the non Jews. That seems clear from the Torah. And as a result, I don't know who you surround yourself by with. Shema Israel. Anyway, that's what the Gemara says. Okay, over here. It says the Gemara onward. Amar le Ravina le Rava. Ravina said to Rava, Hame'are bezachur mahu. If it hasn't gotten a little graphic enough. So here's how it goes. There is, there are different stages in the Ma'aseh Bi'ah. And the Gemara in several places refers to Masechet Yivamot most specifically, but elsewhere as well, on something called Ha'ara'a. Ha'ara'a means the beginning of penetration. That's the best way to, to translate it. 
Now, Ha'ara'a, uh, nonetheless, the Gemara has two opinions, classically, as to what's the definition of Ha'ara'a. Is the definition of Ha'ara'a what we call Nishika, says the Gemara, which means just a slight touching, or is it Hachnasat Atara, which means a little bit further in terms of penetration, but it's not what we call Gemar Bia, which means to say the Hachamim distinguish between these, and when it comes to Arayot, Isurim, with a male and female, it's clear we have a derasha, we'll discuss it in a moment, it's called Hekesha Dirbiona. The Gemara in several places refers to a Hekesh. The Torah, when it mentions all the Isure Arayot, finishes and it says, you shouldn't have any of these sorts of relations. There's a Hekesh between all of those relations, comparing them and describing them as all symmetrical and having the same laws to a certain extent. To what extent? Well, the Pasuk says in the context of a woman who's a Nida, the Pasuk says, et mekora, He'ira, Pasuk says almost explicitly that Irui, or Ha'ara'a more specifically, is Asur by Anida. In turn, we understand that by all the Arayot, it's not a full penetration, what we would call Gemar Bia, which is the only prohibited action and violation. It's even a Ha'ara'a. Well, that being the case, that's why the Isure Arayot. That's what I'm dealing, generally speaking, with male and female. What about if it's homosexual relations? You didn't have what's called the Gemar Bia. You didn't have full penetration. You had just... Ha'ara'a, again, either nishika or haknasat atara. I'm sorry for all the graphic uh, analysis, but so it goes. Says the Gemara. What's the halacha? Hame'areb zakhur? Asks Ravat Ravina. Is that your question? Mishkeveh isha kitivbeh. The Torah said, we've cited this pasuk already, that you shouldn't have relations with another male, and if you do so, mishkeveh isha. Mishkeveh isha seems to be equating the relations of male to male to male to female. Well, if I just told you a moment ago, and this is an accepted norm amongst the hachamim, that when it comes to the arayot, ha'ara'a is a hayuv, just the beginning of the act is wrongful, a violation, and comes with it an obligation. Well, so too over here. Why would you distinguish? The Torah says mishkeve isha. Ela, rather says the Gemara, Ravina must have been asking Rava something different. Whereas by a female, wrongful relations, and a male, clearly ha'ara'a is prohibited. Even that first part of the act. What about an animal? An animal is not a human being. If it's not a human being, perhaps the violation will be different. Perhaps we'll describe and determine what bia is as being further along. It has to be a gemar bia. Amar le imeno inyan ala ha'ara'a diktiva gabeh ahot avi ve'ahot imo. So the Pasuk in the Torah in Vaikra Perekaf has the following statement. It says the Pasuk, it says, Ve'irvat ahot immecha, ve'ahot avicha, lo tegale. Relations with your aunt, whether it's your mother, from your mother, or from your father, lo tegale, absolutely prohibited. Continues the psuk and it says, ki et she'ero, she'er means relate, uh, relative, he'era, because in such a circumstance you've done, there's our word, ha'ara'a, to this wrong, to this relative. 
Well, wait a second, says the Gemara. Why do you need an, a separate, an extra reference in the context of your ants to Ha'ara'ah being prohibited? You told me already, as I told you a few moments ago, in the context of Nida, it mikora he'ira. In other words, if the Torah, and this again, I'm reminding you, the way it works is we have this long list of prohibited women whom you're not allowed to have relations with. And we have specific laws in some of them, and then we have a concluding line which says all of this is prohibited. That concluding line tells you Something about all these is equivalent. They all have the same laws. One of the halachot we derive from that is that if by nida, the Torah says, you're not allowed to even do ha'ara'ah, then all the other arayot have the same isra. Wait a second, if that's the case, then the Torah needed to mention ha'ara'ah only once. And then I would know it applies to all of them. You don't need to tell me the same details in all of them. I'm giving you a whole list, a laundry list of laws. And I'm telling you all these laws, apply them by each one of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. I said, I don't need to mention it more than once. And if I did, you're going to scratch your head and say, why did he do it just twice? Clearly, he wanted me to apply it throughout. So says the Gemara, the reason that it applies it, or the Torah mentions it in the context of your aunt, your father's sister, your mother's sister, uh, says the Pasuk, is to teach me not a law about your aunts, but rather a law about bestiality. That's the suggestion. Bestiality is not one of the arayot. Eva has to be a human being, has to be a woman, as a matter of fact, and as a result, it's not included in our list of arayot. Says the Gemara, but it's not good enough. Uh, I'm still, still not. So, so again, so just read it inside. Says the Gemara, Amar the response of Ravat Ravina in his corrected question, In other words, if this was not an issue, if it was unnecessary, it's superfluous for the Torah to teach me this in that context. It was unnecessary for the Torah to teach me. Why? Kish, there's a hekesh, there's a symmetry with the, which the Torah builds for us. That's the pasuk I told you at Mekora Heera. So then why is the Torah mentioning in that pasuk I just read to you? It must be that it's coming to teach you the law of Behema. Says the Gemara, it's not so easy to do so. I'll tell you why it's still not so easy to do so. Because if a person, no aleno, has relations with an animal, the death penalty is exactly that. It's skila, you get put to death. If a person, no aleno, has relations with his aunt, the penalty is cut it. It's not the same thing. It just seems a little odd, says the Gemara. Why would the Torah, if it wants to teach me a law about animal wrongful relations, teach it in the context? I get you didn't need to mention it twice. Why teach it in that context? Ask the Gemara, When it comes to the Torah says explicitly that they both get killed, and we understood it being Why would the Torah teach that law of Ha'ara? of the way to have those wrongful relations, in the context of karet, meaning your aunt from your father or from your mother, mother, it should have instead perhaps been taught by other other circumstances of sikila, and in turn we would learn, we'd learn matters which are similar to one another. 
to a chiyuv mita? Answers the Gemara, that's not such a strong question. Ultimately speaking, this entire pasuk is there just as a derasha. It was an unnecessary pasuk, and none of it needed to be mentioned. Why did none of it need to be mentioned? Because as we've mentioned more than once, the arayot are repeated several times in Parashat Haremot, and then again in Parashat Kedoshim, as Rashi reminds us on the side of the page over here. And therefore, the fact that this pasuk in its entirety, in total, didn't need to be repeated, once it's already being repeated, we understand that the pasuk in its entirety is therefore, therefore, therefore stated for derasha, says the Gemara ho'il ve'kule kera, this entire pasuk. Of relations with your ants, lidrashahu It's there only to derive laws, not for its simple statement. And this is classic hachamim interpreting the Torah as this code book. The Torah is not just explicit and peshat oriented. The Torah has specific, the whole pasuk, say the hachamim, is not there for anything that meets the eye. It had nothing to do with relations with your hands. How do you know? Because it didn't need to mention it. Why is it mentioning it? For altogether different halachot. Kitiva name milta de derasha. It taught in it as well a matter of derasha, meaning ha'ara'a. This halachav, how a person could or should not wrongfully commit bestiality, meaning even with ha'ara'ah. That's the statement here in the Gemara. And we close this issue of ha'ara'ah by behemah. The halakha is ha'ara'ah by behemah, as Ravah told us, is asur. And we're learning it from the pasuk of, uh, of, of relations of she'era uh, he'era uh, by either one of your aunts. Says the Gemara onward. Next issue. Ba'amine rav ahteboi bar'ameh rav sheshat. And I will repeat again, if it has not been graphic enough for you yet, I'll just just wait. So here's the question. If a person has again, the first act of, uh, of, of bi'ah with himself, that means you committed homosexuality on yourself. Of course, it's going to be shiloh kedarka, which we said is asur. What's the halacha? Amale kapsatan. He says, you, you, you pained me with such a question. You, 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 you made me so disgusted. Oh, what a perverted question. Amar Ravasheh, says Ravasheh, mighty ba'elach. I don't even understand your question. Ba'el means to have a question. What sort of question is this? Bekoshi la mishkahatla. If this is going to be bekoshi, bekoshi, I'm sorry to translate, but I have to translate it, it means with an erection. It's impossible. This is just impossible. Uh, uh, biologically, a person can't be me'are sheloke uh, darka when a person is erect. Ki the only way and circumstance within which you'll have this question of ha-me'are be'asmo, that somehow if a person was able to do this, you want to know what's the halakha in such a situation, is if he's mishamesh ki mishkahatla be'mishamesh met. Met doesn't mean dead. Met means it's not erect. Well, that being the case, that's the only circumstance in which you'd be able to even conjure up uh, this terrible question as he was just accused of, uh, of, 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 question, of asking. Right? That, was the, that was Rav Sheshat's exclamation. Rav Sheshat said, Kapsatan. This is the only way you'll be able to get Now, that's not so simple because elsewhere, the Gemara has a mahloket about whether Mishamesh met in any circumstance. Forget about with yourself. If a person has relations and he's not erect, he's not Bekoshi, in such a circumstance, is that an isur or is that a violation more specifically? Says the Gemara, okay, the only way you're going to imagine this is 
Mishmet. Lemande Amar, according to the opinion, and this is a Mahdok and Mishamesh Met Ba'arayot Patur. Now, Patur means Patur Avalasur. It means you're not going to have a violation with regards to an obligation. But you did the wrong thing. It's still certainly Asur. Hacha Patur. So then the question over here is certainly that he's Patur. Right? Again, the question was if you're Me'are'et Asmo. In such a circumstance, is there a violation? Violation there is. A hiyuv? Well, it's dependent upon whether mishamishmet ba'arayot in general is, is patur. If it's in general patur, this is not going to be any different. Ulumanda amar hayav, and if you tell me hayav, in this circumstance, let's say you did a bishogig, mehayev tarte, you'll have two violations, there's no question. Mehayev ashochev, umehayev anishkav. If you recall the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael in the past, if you recall, we had this such such a reality a person who is both active and passive what was the halakha remember this circumstance if a person is both active in the wrongful relations and passive in the wrongful relations so he says if you're going to accept as we did maintain one opinion uh, that, that you could have both shokhev and nishkav if you're called mahlok between bishman and bi'akiva just a little bit ago in the gemara so he says that would be exactly what we're dealing with over here alright a little bit onwards says the Gemara Ba'umi Nemirav Sheshat Oved Kochavim Haba Alabehima Mahu. And the question is, we talked about until now a Jew, a Yisrael who has relations with a Behima. What's the halacha? The Torah tells us the animal gets put to death. What the Mishnah explained to us? Two reasons. Number one, the animal is a takala. The animal is this stumbling block. It stands as a sign of sin. And secondly, it's a kalon. It's now walking through the marketplace if we didn't kill it. And it's shameful, even though this person is dead, to this person's act. There were twofold problems with this animal, and in turn we put it to death. What about in this situation? It's a non-Jew. Takala ve'kalon ba'inan ve'achat takala ika kalon leka, o dilma takala avalpi she'en kalon. The question is, the Mishnah, as I just mentioned, gave two reasons for why we give the animal. Number one, takala. Number two, kalon. When I deal with a non-Jew, says the Gemara, there's no kalon, there's no shame, there's no embarrassment. Why not? Says Rashi, one of two reasons. Either, heke, that's the way the non-Jews were. They would do this consistently and constantly. And as a result, there was no shame that they had relations with the animal. That's one interpretation. Rashi says, alternatively, it's not our responsibility to safeguard the shame of the non-Jews. In other words, they might have shame, but that's not our responsibility to put the animal to death. So in other words, the question of the non-Jew being put to death for the act is no question. It's one of the Shevat Misvot B'nai Noach. The Gemara will get into this in a bit. It's one of the seven Noahide laws, one of the seven Misvot which B'nai Noach, which non-Jews are supposed to observe, Gilui Arayot. However, and we're going to include in Gilui Arayot. However, the question is whether I'm going to apply it to the animal. Is the animal only put to death because in a Jewish circumstance there's a twofold situation, takala and kalon. Or even if there was just takala, keep in mind this person had relations with the animal, it means the animal now is susceptible to that, and it's takala. That's our question. The question is do you need both takala and kalon? Or is takala sufficient? Amar Rav Sheshat, and we'll conclude with this, says Rav Sheshat, I'll learn it from a beraita, tenitua, ma'ilanot she'en ochlin ve'en shotin ve'en merechin amra Torah hishahet, serof ve'kale, ho'il bala adam takala yadam, 
המטעה חברו מדרכי חיים לדרכי מיטה על אחת כמה וכמה. The statement of Rav Sheshat goes as follows. He says, look at the Beraita. The Beraita is talking about a person who brings someone else in Israel off astray to do the wrong thing in terms of Avodah Zarah. But listen to his analogy or listen to his exclamation. He says, the Torah says you're supposed to destroy, you're supposed to burn, you're supposed to cut down trees which were worshipped for Avodah Zarah. Trees don't smell, they don't breathe, they don't eat. Trees are inanimate. What are they? Ultimately speaking, a tree stands as takala. Tree is a stumbling block. A person sees that tree and realizes there was a sin done with this tree. Ah, says Rav Sheshat, it's the same thing over here. Although, in a circumstance where the Nanju has the relations with the animal, there might not be kalon. Either there is no kalon, the person is not ashamed, or we as a Betin Yisrael don't care about that kalon. Ultimately speaking, the animal has takala. And just like the tree has takala, just like the tree committed the sin, says the Torah, destroy them, destroy them, destroy them. As well, we would apply that to our circumstance of Avet Kochavim, a non-Jew who has relations, or a Nukhri who has relations with the animal, we would kill the animal as well because of the Takala factor. The Gemara will go on to fine-tune this issue just a bit more before going on with Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.